Good afternoon, Max International. This is Michael Clapier, and it is my extreme pleasure to welcome you to another Max International podcast, as well as our great associate in the Northland, Kathy Taylor Yoko. Kathy, thank you so much for giving us some time. How is Alaska today? It is great. I went for a walk this morning. It was um, a warm 45 degrees Fahrenheit. (laughs) (laughs) I did have two layers on up top and little light gloves, but um, it was beautiful and there were lots of migratory birds singing. So it was great. I wanted to get that walk done, you know, before I started to focus on this call. Yes. And you've had a great weekend. You've done some, uh, some enrichment of your own self, which is a thing we maybe want to circle back and have you give us some talk about that self-improvement because I know you're part of a great conference this weekend but on hand I, the question I want to ask you is once you've found someone how do you invite them to the next step what does that look like circle around that for a minute for me will you sure so um Critical is the part that happens before that, which which you're going to cover with some other people. And so when it's time for me to invite someone to look, it's really based upon the conversations we've had. And so um, a young person that's, say, working in a store and is really athletic looking, and we strike up a conversation because I'm looking to buy something and they're helping me, I might say, it looks like you work out and uh, what do you do? And then I find out, and then, you know, after a couple minutes of that, I might say, you know, I have something that can increase your performance and reduce your recovery time. If I gave you a sample of this, and I'm talking about the max ATP packets, would you use it? And the if I would you question comes right out of Eric Worre's GoPro book, Seven Steps to Becoming a Network Marketing Professional. If people don't have that book, they need to buy it and read it 10 times. Um, In chapter five, there's eight steps to um, a proper invitation. And this is actually step four. If I, would you? So let me stop you right there. uh, Sure. Let's back up just a touch. How do you keep track of each person and what you've said to them? And so you know what that position of the conversation is. How do you keep that track of that? Sure. So... Um, I'm just holding up a spiral notebook to you, Mike, and I, my spiral notebook is a chronological list of who I've talked to when, um, and it'll have little brief notes about what we talked about, and I write very cryptically. Um, that's just a chronological list, but then, uh, so at the end of every week, I can look back and see who did I talk to, what did I do this week, did I miss following up with somebody? But those notes go into my Gmail context. So I use Gmail for um, my work email. And in the contacts where you go to all the people that you have in your um, database, the contacts box is expandable. And so in there, there's, um, uh, you know, again, chronologically, the top would be the oldest state, the bottom would be the newest state. And then I write in abbreviated form, EM is for email. Um, Chat means we talked. It doesn't matter whether it's face-to-face or on the phone. Um, LI is LinkedIn. FB is Facebook. TX is text. M is message. It just means I left them a a message, a voicemail, not a text message. All of that tool is available right there in the the, uh, Gmail. Gmail, right. And then I write down what I've done. So, for example, my most recent customer uh, moved 
very recently and she can't get her computer to communicate with her wireless printer. And so she really wanted the tracking chart, which I emailed to everybody when they start and some product info sheets with the list of ingredients. So, you know, as opposed to her not having it, I just put them in an envelope and mailed them to her. She lives in Utah. She texted me this morning. She says, oh, I got your information. Thank you so much. And she was so excited about what she got because now she knows a little bit more about what she's taking that she gave her son one of her two bottles of Celgevity and seven Enfuse packets because he struggles with some of the same health issues she has. So, um, So back to the invite thing, it's really important to... Um, invite people who are open, right? And that's, you know, so sometimes it might be just you have a chat with somebody somewhere and the chat could be online. So on LinkedIn right now, I'm having a wonderful chat with a guy on the East Coast and we're just getting to know each other. Now, on his LinkedIn, you know, name, bio, he sells insurance. I don't really know what he sells and he's an entrepreneur. I don't know what he does with that, but I had a birthday recently on mother's day. And so he sent me, he was one of the many people who sent me a birthday, um, happy birthday. So instead of just saying, thanks, I always tell people what I do on my birthday as a way to try and engage them in a conversation. And then I give them uh, a call to action, basically a question. So I told them all about, we go migratory bird watching every year on my birthday because it's May 9th. Then um, at the end of telling people about these really cool birds we saw, I say, what do you do for fun? Now I realize that isn't business oriented, but I'm just trying to strike up a conversation with a total stranger. Now, some people responded by saying, glad you had fun. See, they didn't want to engage, that's fine. But some people responded and told me, oh, I love to play tennis, I love to golf, I love to do this and that. Wow. So this guy responded. He told me some fun things they like to do. And then he said, do you ever get to Myrtle Beach? I don't even know where that is. He said, it's in South Carolina. I said, oh, no, that's way too far from Alaska. And I said, but I and then I wanted to give him a little tidbit more of my life and ask him a question. I said, "Um, oh, because he said I enjoy theater. And I was like, that just came out of the clear blue. And you know what I'm that's your world. So I said, I love to sing, dance and act. And the last show I was in was Les Mis. It was a really incredible show. Are you a director or an actor? And he responded, "Um, I directed once and I've acted. I haven't done that in a while, but I really enjoyed it. And then he asked me a question and I I just got it before we connected. So, you know, we're just getting to know each other. But I asked him, what do you do in insurance and being an entrepreneur? See, now we've gotten to know each other a little bit and I'm asking him a question about what he does. I don't know what his answer is yet, but you know, I'm going to see if we can move it to a phone call where we can get to know each other better. And then if he's open, you know, if he's not sunk his teeth into another network marketing company, because I'm not interested in taking people away from their dream. um, I'll ask him if he's open to taking a look at something. And that's sometimes the invitation question. Um, If I sent you an email to take a look at this, would you look at it? And that could be product oriented or business oriented, basing a based upon the conversation we just had. If I sent you an email with two short videos about this product that might be able to help you with X, would you watch them? And then of course, in Eric's book, you wanna confirm, reconfirm and schedule that follow-up phone call. It can't just be, yeah, call me anytime Wednesday. See, that doesn't work. Anytime Wednesday doesn't work or Wednesday evening doesn't work. You need a specific time and day for follow-up and you're looking for 24 to 48 hours, the sooner the better. So um, I might say, 
um, I can see you're really busy today because they've just told me they're busy. And I'll say, how does tomorrow morning work for you at 11 o'clock? Would that be a good time to follow up with you? And if they say yes, I say, okay, I'm going to write you down in my calendar as an 11 o'clock appointment. Can you write it down too? And hey, if anything comes up, can you text me and let me know? And, and so we're making a professional, we're setting a professional appointment. A lot of people have trouble with this, but no realtor has trouble setting appointments. If they're going to show someone a house, it can't just be, yeah, show up Saturday. No, Saturday, 10 o'clock, nine o'clock, 830, yeah, yeah. you know, um, if you go to get your car worked on, you have an appointment time. You don't just show up or maybe you have to show up and drop it off by eight and then you can pick it up whenever it's done. But, you know, when you go to the doctor, you have an appointment time. You go to the dentist, you have an appointment time. Yeah. Setting an appointment is a very professional thing to do. Um, if people just say, well, when are you free? I don't like to tell them, well, I'm free all day. <laughs> that makes me seem like I have nothing to do. And during COVID, I have been less busy. But, you know, I'll say I have an opening at 1 and 3.30. Or if they work a day job, I'll say, you know what? I could do it at 6.30 at night or eight. What works better for you? And so then we set the appointment and usually on the morning of, I'll text them, hey, are we still on for eight o'clock tonight? And I'm expecting a response from them. And then we do it. Um, I like to set up three-way calls as a follow-up. My three-way calling partner is usually my mentor and sponsor, Alan Sickman. And this is the part where most people fall down on the follow-up. And I don't know if you want me to address that now with invites or. I do. So if I'm inviting to a conversation with another person, my upline or someone that's a more expert person that you feel would be good for this person, tell mm -hmm. me about that call to that meeting. That's a meeting. That's a meeting with three people. Absolutely. Right. And three-way calls. So I think decades ago, three-way calls were almost a bait and switch, you know, or uh, a surprise. I don't do it as a surprise. I actually lay the groundwork and I say, um, John, I am so excited to introduce you to my mentor and business partner, Alan, who has been with the company since the very beginning. You know, he's he's been there for over 14 years. He's a double crown diamond. He really understands that we are on a mission to help people improve their health and their wealth. And um, he's also a former military member and you have a background in the military. So you guys will get along great. That three-way call might last 30 minutes or 60 minutes. It depends on the two of them, right? And they may talk about their military service the whole time, but what does a three-way call really do? One, it doubles the prospect's experience. So they've heard from me. They probably haven't heard from anybody else's product or business experience. So now they've heard from two, that's doubling. It also gives them a chance to see that we don't do this business alone. We have a partner. So they don't actually need to know anything. I don't encourage people to stay ignorant, but you don't have to know anything. You just have to know how to invite and connect with a partner. And if you do that enough, you will actually learn everything you need to know to do this business. Um, I have an associate on my team. I don't, I'm not going to use names who has never done a three-way call with me. I'm not even sure he knows how to, we've talked about it many times, but he's not doing it. I don't know why he's not doing it. And I don't want to make him feel bad, but he keeps enrolling people. So what I do is I call them the, the new associate who's never met anybody else. I introduce myself. I don't say, Hey, your sponsor was supposed to do a three-way call with us. That would be unprofessional and 
just, it would defeat the purpose. I, my purpose is not to make the associate who enrolled somebody feel bad. He enrolled somebody, hey. But, um, and, and even though I email him, I talk to him and remind him, it's not gonna happen. I just don't think it's gonna happen. So I say, um, usually in our business, we try to introduce our senior partners as quickly as possible so that you see you have support. And I know that your sponsor works a full-time job. So I'm here to let you know that I'm one of your support people. And um, here's my story. I tell my product story, my business story, and then I give them a call to action. When would you like to do a virtual office tour? When will you be able to sit down at your computer and we can do that? Or, um, you know, when can I show you where the training modules are on the virtual office? Or somebody else says, you know what, I've got several people that are ready to go. And I'll say, okay, I'll email you some forms right now and let's get those forms done. And then I'll walk you through how to enroll them because I don't want to do it for them, right? I want to show them how to do it so they can become more independent. Um, this weekend, one of the things one of the experts said was, you don't want to be too familiar with your team. I know that sounds funny, but if you're too familiar with them, then they'll expect you to do everything. It's just yeah. like we expected our mom to pick up our dirty laundry and to do the dishes and all that other stuff, even though she was going to college and had a full-time job. And, you know, we want them to become independent, not in terms of the three-way call. We still want them to use those. And yes, Alan and I do three-way calls and I already know his story. I could tell his story and I know all of his answers. That's not the reason why we do a three-way call. The reason we do it is because my prospect doesn't know that. We need to model that we have teamwork. We have someone to help us. And I'm pretty sure that Alan could answer my prospect's questions better than my prospect could answer their new person's questions. So he's modeling to them, you know, different strategies. And there is no one um, set answer, right, or way to do something. Everybody's different. So on a follow-up call, we might discover that somebody wants to see the compensation plan. So then what we've do is done is extended the invite. We've done a second invite because it takes five to eight exposures for most people to do anything. I seem to be pretty good at making those shorter, but, um, I, or maybe I'm just targeting people who are more open, right? That's, that's a good key skill. But um, the, another follow-up might be, well, I have a lot of issues with foods and ingredients, I need to see what's in it. So instead of telling them all these steps, go to the website, go to the products tab, look up Celgevity, now click on supplement facts. That's three steps too many. That was four steps and it's three too many. I say, I'm gonna shoot you an email right now with the Celgevity product info sheet. Look on the back side. those are all the ingredients. You know, it's one stop shopping, right? You gotta give people one thing to do one thing to click on if they have to do more than one thing it ain't gonna happen let me let me share a couple <laughs> thoughts number one you've always uplifted your introduction to the person you're inviting them to listen to which is key you always up up um you always honor the person that's the authority Otherwise, they're not perceived as an authority. And you do that really well. That's a key ingredient. The other is that you keep track. I love how you keep track of the conversation so you know where you are, what you've shared, and what they need next. And you also know that there are a number of steps that have to take place. And you're right. Sometimes it might take a dozen contacts. 
And if you can shorten that and you can get somebody from interest in to uh, product use or uh, business partnership in less than seven, in five to seven, that's a wonderful average. And that in each of those interactions are only moments. It's not like it took you the whole time, hours and hours, you can talk as long as you want, but it really, the key information that you've outlined so successfully is really, really just a few moments of key moments of knowing, listening, and then inviting. And then the last comment I'll make, and I'll do it as a question, the if I would you, that works in uh, all kinds of different scenarios. Right. Um, so I validate my upline, my senior partner to my prospect, but I also validate my prospect to my senior partner, right? Because um, although my senior partner is the expert on the call and, and in a three-way call, we have three people, right? The one in the middle is the connectors. That would be me, the expert, that would be my senior partner and the prospect, but they're all on a level playing field. So I want to definitely elevate and it gives my senior partner a little idea of where to go if somebody has served in the military, like my newest customer is a woman, but she served in the military almost as long as my mentor. So what a great, you know, different branches of the military, but what a great opportunity for them to talk about all the different places they've lived and what they've done and how they've had families that they've carted around the world. Um, and the if I would you is the question that Eric Worre really stumbled upon because what it does is most people want to be um, known as being open-minded, right? Nobody wants to be sold to, but everybody wants to buy. And so the if I would you question really is asking people a yes or no, uh, are you open or not? And if they give us a no, that's fine because then we don't waste our time crafting an email to someone who doesn't wanna look at anything you know, I don't want to waste my time. I've been told no. And I say, thank you for your candor. I really appreciate that. And, and you know, if it's a stranger, I say, have a great day. Or if it's somebody I've just been chatting with, I just say, hey, I, I hope you really enjoy the sunshine today. It's really beautiful. Um, but if there is that inkling of interest, I'm trying to find out if there's an inkling of interest without using the word interest. I use the word open. So um, it sounds like you're open to learning more about what I've just been sharing that I've taken. Um, so if I sent you an email, would you look at it? And most people at that point, because they're leaning in, they're reaching in, they're hungry to change their current health situation or their financial situation, um, you know, they're, they're going to say yes to look. Does that mean they're going to buy? No, that's, that's our work, right? Our business is, it's not easy, but it's simple. You know, if we just do the same things over and over and over and not forget that just because we talk to somebody one time, they're not going to call us back. I mean, if you're waiting for people to call you back, go get a job. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. that's not what network marketing is. It's about building a network and, and a wonderful leader in another company said, I collect friends and I collect paychecks. <laughs> and I love that. But um, the other thing, and I have to mention this, even though this is about inviting and following up. The business will work for you if you're willing to work hard, if you're coachable. So really taking the advice from your coach or mentor to change what you're doing. And if you have a compelling why, and those three are must requirements. If you are missing any of those parts, your business won't grow. 
And I can tell you, I have lots of people on my team that have two of those parts. They're willing to work hard and they're coachable, but they don't have a compelling why. So there's no drive for them to do anything. Or they're willing to work hard and they have a compelling why, but they're absolutely not coachable. They're out there doing their own thing, which means that they're making a few bucks. They're not making a thousand or, you know, 500 or even 5,000. And it's frustrating to me, you know, we're a volunteer business. I can't make them do it. And I wouldn't want to coerce. So if I could get them to just do a few simple steps and, and I would love to give credit to my friend, Doreen, who's on my team. And um, we go to church together. We make music together. We've gone backpacking together. Doreen said to me on more than one occasion, Every time we do a three-way call, I have a new enrollment. And my response to her is, if I could get everybody to do that, we would have a crankingly hot team. <laughs> you know, we'd blow it up. That is so good. Let me, uh, let me ask you one more thing. And then if you've got something to add, but this is killer. What you're doing is absolutely killer. Would you share with me a conversation as you are setting up the beginning of that three-way call? Let's suppose that uh, uh, Jessica is your contact and you're going to invite Alan, but to give me an example of how you would validate Jessica to Alan. And it's all made up. This is, we don't not talking sure, about any real sure. people, but just give me an example of that because that was so well stated, but I just want a clear example so you sure. so so I'm just, what that would go like i'm just making this up right so i'm going to pretend jessica works at costco and is going to school to get a degree in something okay. so i've validated alan to jessica and this is not at the three-week call time but before time i said i'm so excited to introduce you to my business partner alan and then i give some of his uh, features and qualities and then um to alan i i will say about jessica uh, and oh, maybe we're doing it on the intro on the call. And Alan, this is Jessica, whom I met at Costco. She is one of the friendliest customer service reps I've ever met. She's a mom. She's going to school part-time to work on her business degree. And, you know, she's working too. And she's interested in making more than she could make at her job because you can do an outstanding job at customer service, but you still only make the amount of dollars per hour that you make. And that's true of teaching um, in uh, a lot of jobs, driving a dump truck. I mean, you yeah. get paid your hourly wage. And, you know, I was a teacher. If I worked 60 hours most weeks, which I did, I didn't get a dollar extra than if I only worked 40 hours those weeks. And my daughter's a teacher now. It's so true. I mean, you give your heart and soul, but you don't make any more money. So Jessica's interested in making more money. And she also has a health issue she's interested in improving. And this is all true, but the name is different. I used a real person. Now, what was great about that is that she heard all of that. Right. She heard what you think about her. Right. And you've given Alan or whoever your, your upline person is, you've given them a clear playing field to know something to begin the conversation with and a way to connect and find things in common because that's what communication is is finding things in common and articulating your enjoyment your differences your understandings your need to or desire to have better understanding or whatever that's great you've given me some great stuff my young friend is there anything you would add that we haven't talked about so far 
just really fast. People join people, not companies. You know, my um, I sometimes get new customer enrollments through the company because I'm busy and active and they know I'm going to follow up with people. And my first goal is to reach out to them and have a conversation. I mean, they've already ordered the product. I'm not trying to sell them on something. I'm trying to build a relationship because if I build a relationship with them, I can probably get them to continue, not just to do a one-time purchase, but to continue. So with a tracking chart, having a conversation, well, why did you want to get the product? How did you hear about Max? And, you know, People join people, not companies. Yes, we have absolutely amazing products, but they join us. So if we are hesitant about ourselves, our self-worth or the company or the products or the industry of network marketing, we are really shooting ourselves in the foot. We need to be boldly out there talking to people, you know, us, we need to believe in the company, we need to believe in the products, and we need to believe in the industry of network marketing. If we don't, we should go get a job, you know? And I, and I don't mince words about that. I, you know, I'm not interested in people quitting my team over that, but my people who have hesitancy, they don't make a lot of money. They might make a few bucks. And their hesitancy gets in their way. Yeah. <laughs> I have to tell you, you are wonderful. And I thank you so much. My, um, my mentor in this business, I first started working with networking yeah, 30 years ago. And my mentor was a man named Dr. Clifton H. Jolly. And uh, you didn't call him Cliff, you called him Clifton or doctor. But he was a wonderfully intelligent man. And I said, why do people follow this, this model? He says, because it gives anyone who wants to, and this speaks to your having a, a, a a reason of why he says it gives anyone who wants to apply themselves a place to take a shot at the brass ring at the big prize. And if you don't know how to do it, you can learn how to do it because it is simple. You've articulated that so well. And ladies and gentlemen, the richness of Max International is exemplified by people, especially you, Kathy, because if you, go back and listen to this again. This is the kind of mentoring and support that you get. And it comes from each other as we strive to improve our own lives. It's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful business arrangement. So thank you for your time. I'm just grateful that you've been with us this morning. You're welcome. I have one more tiny thing to add. Before I do a three-way call with someone, I will tell Alan what I want. So so that he, he, there's a direction. I'll say, you know what? This person's just looking at taking the product. I need product validation. And, and of course the relationship connection. Or if I say, you know what? They're thinking about the product and the business. So can you kind of hit all of that? But I remember when I started um, two of the leaders, diamond leaders I was working with, they would say, what do you want from this call? And I, I was like, I don't know for them to sign up. And it's <laughs> so green and ignorant. And they said, well, why are you doing a three-way call with them? And I said, because you told me we should do three-way calls. I mean, I was so new. And finally they said, what do you hope to get out of it? And I said, oh, well, I hope for them to become a customer or I hope for them to become an associate based upon the conversation we had. They go, okay, that's all I needed to know. And so the more information you can give your senior partner, the better result you can get with the call. Also, if you say, you know what, this person doesn't have a lot of time, let's aim for 15 minutes or less, Alan will do that. 
Or if I say, you know what, this person's really excited to meet you and has military history, they could talk forever. And I'm just in the background on hold. <laughs> and the key that comes to mind as you express that is, is first of all, you've done that separate to the call itself. You've, you've uh, given an objective, an intention to the call, but then the good upline person that's going to be participating doesn't use that as the only possibility of outcome because it may go so well that they're ready to sign up at the end of that call. Right. So you don't want to limit in any way, but you want to provide direction. I think that's brilliant. And I'm sorry, I keep saying I have one more thing, but this really is the last thing. I, I never, know you and you can do this all day. Never make an invitation without setting up your follow-up. So good point. if you're going to invite someone to try something, to look at something, you must be setting up in advance the follow-up with them. If you're not setting up the follow-up, then how do you find out the results of the invitation? So if I'm inviting someone to look at an email, I'm setting up the follow-up to do that. If I'm having them sample some ATP, I'm going to find out when they're going to use it and I'm going to follow up with them after and we're going to set that up in advance. Um, if they tell me that they're off Monday and Tuesdays at work, I'll say, great. How about Monday morning after you've done your workout? Is that a good time to follow up with you? Say at 10. And then I say, okay, put it in your calendar. So, you know, we've done the, if I would you, the, if I gave you this ATP, would you try it? And you're going to try it on Monday, so blah, blah, blah. But if you're not setting up your follow-up and the fortunes in the follow-up, you know, and 80% of people don't do their follow-up in all jobs, you lose. <laughs> and then you think, then you think it's somebody else's fault, but it's really your fault. Right. And, yeah. and this goes along with that. The invitation is to look at a tool. I am not the tool. Don't be the tool. So yeah. yeah, I can spout off all the ingredients of longevity, but what's my real goal? My goal is education and understanding. Eric Rory talks about that over and over in the GoPro book. If you want people to look at something, they have to look at the tool. You don't want to tell them the tool and spew out out of your mouth all this stuff. Great because insights. guess what? They will never see themselves doing what you're doing. You've become a glutathione expert. There's nothing wrong with being a glutathione expert. I am pretty much the one on my team who is, but I have a science background and that's my interest area. But I don't spew out that. This is what I say to people. It's the most important molecule in your body and you've never heard of it. That's not very technical, but it's very uh, exciting and engaging and doable. Right. Absolutely. I try to say things people can copy. Simple, but um, grabbing attention. Yeah. Such keys, such great keys. And uh, thank you so much for being with us. But in order to do the, and you hit, did it so well, you hit it exactly right. In order to do a fresh growth cycle, I got to make sure that my team is doing the basics right if i if i take a baseball team out on a football field i probably won't win a lacrosse game <laughs> <laughs> and you won't win the baseball game if you're actually not practicing right <laughs> exactly you know, and it's I the think, basics it's the simple basics that are key always i think one of the reasons why i've gotten any traction in max at all is i come from a background in sports and music 
And in both of those endeavors, you have coaches who are constantly correcting you, right? Hold your fingers this way on the keys. Oh, when you sing, um, bring up your soft palate or, you know, kick the ball with this part of your foot. Or, you know, I was a volleyball coach. It was constant correcting on the players, you know, instead of putting the ball straight up above you, put it out low in front of you so you can move towards it when you go to serve. Do you know there's a so great... I, oh, so I wasn't great, afraid of being corrected. And well, there's a great key there. If you make a mistake in the physical motion, because you're trying to create muscle memory, so you do things exactly the same. Yes. And that equates exactly into our business. You want to do right. people exactly the same because that's where duplication comes from. So that if you, if I can teach my team, every conversation in my team goes exactly the same way because we all do it the same way. Right. So I worked with an Olympic coach one time and I was made, I made a training video for the Olympic coaches. I did, I produced it and it was an idea I had and turned out to be a nice, nice touch, nice tool. And they used it for quite a while. In fact, they adopted it as their official syllabus. But what I learned when I was watching this Olympic coach coach a world team member as he did the move. So he would take the time to teach the move. And then as he executed in the drill portion of the workout, this is what the coach said. That's good. That's good. Keep your head up. That's good. Trail leg follow strong. That's good. Put your foot, plant that foot. Excellent. Do it again. Do it again. Excellent. Excellent. Better lift back straight. Do it again. He was correcting every nuance yes. of that motion. And the kid was just working himself, lifting. He was lifting a guy bigger than him doing it. But I just sat there and watched it. And I went, oh my gosh, when do we correct? An hour after the match, after the game? Or when do we correct? When people are, are uh, down and tired and and want to give up. No, you teach them, you reinforce, you help them, but they have to be, and you've pointed this out again. In fact, then I think I'll include what we're talking about right here into the call. But what you pointed out so well is that the correction comes lovingly and with interest. And the person that you recruit is someone who's willing to learn. Willing learners become leaders in this business. Absolutely. Um, and the other thing that coach did was validate what was right, because you want to yeah. keep what's right, and then change what needs to be changed. Yeah. And um, I at one point in the beginning, you know, I, I joined and then all of a sudden I enrolled four people in six days. And then I didn't call my a diamond leader for a few days. And he called me, he goes, well, you were really burning it up there. So I said, well, I shot my wad. I'll have another one in a couple of weeks. <laughs> he said, well, what about your list? I didn't understand what he was talking about. And I know that's not the focus today, but, you know, I didn't have somebody in my community who really understood the business. I very, I very quickly realized that the mountain I was climbing was a lot higher than what they were climbing. And I couldn't work with them because they didn't have the skills that I needed to acquire. They didn't know where to go. And I don't mean that to sound critical, but you need to hook your wagon to the person that can help you get to that new mountain peak and um, has the skills that you want. Um, you know, I studied voice for a while with a woman, she's moved now, but I remember one day singing is always about what it feels like. And we learn to sing better about how it feels, but we don't know exactly what that sounds like. So I remember one day she said like that, I said, what was I doing? <laughs> 
and she could mix the intellectual with the um the musicality and and physical because i needed to know what did i do with my soft palate because you don't sing by i need to raise my soft palate i need my tongue to lay down and you know but the edges curled up Uh, that doesn't work so so i just kept doing things and she would keep pointing right when i did it perfectly and she'd say like that like that like that and i got to feel how it felt when it was right just like with sports when you swing just right or kick just right and you know Yes, it, those three things I mentioned er, earlier, willing to work hard, being coachable and having a compelling why are important, but we also want to be stable and willing and capable, right? I mean, we can't build a business if we don't think we can build a business. If we're not willing to learn and unlearn, right? I've had people go out and, you know, when we've done challenges and they'll go out and invite 40 people but I have no idea what they're saying to whom and how and how they're planting any follow-up because they will not work with me or anybody else. And guess what? They quit Yeah. <laughs> because they didn't think network marketing worked. Well, I don't even know what they did. So I don't even know how to help them because they didn't want the help. Yeah. <laughs> In 60 seconds, tell me the importance of a list and then we'll circle back for more deeper dive, but In 60 seconds, tell me the importance of a list. The importance of a list is that it empties your brain and you don't have to hold on to the names. You put down every name of any person you've ever met, all their connections and friends, the people you like, the people you don't like. Don't don't judge. Just it empties your brain. That's it. And from the list, you work it the way you've expressed earlier in the call. Well, I didn't really talk about that, but... um, I actually prioritize, so from the list, I prioritize who I want to go after first. I have some key qualities I'm looking for. A positivity and a great smile is one. Although there are people who are positive who don't smile that much. Um, people who are motivated, who do things. They're not lazy. Um, people who make change happen. You know, So leaders, um, people who are just really industrious, like, like the rat in the Chinese culture is very industrious. Um, just really those key qualities. And I go after those people. And as I meet people, that's what I'm looking for when I'm talking to them. Yeah. Are they yeah. motivated? Are they looking for change? Are they industrious? Are they willing to work hard? Are they a leader? Are they leading themselves towards something better? You know, busy people make things happen. So um, I don't care how busy they are. What I care is, are they the type of person I would want to work with? I don't, I don't invite people who gossip, are negative, whining, complaining, I ended up with a few of them on my team because they didn't show that side of themselves till later. <laughs> and I keep my distance from those people because those are energy suckers. You know, they're like leeches. And you have to be really cautious of people like that. But people join people. <laughs> this has been a grand, grand uh, whatever, 40 minutes. You're great. Thank you so much. I'm going to come back. I want to record more. You're so articulate. You just are a great trainer. So thank well, you thanks. for helping. I us. appreciate that. We got to get thanks for the opportunity to share what oh. I have learned from others to other well, associates. I get this thing moving the way I want it to. I think we'll reach out to everybody. It's gonna be of course, great. I thought of one more thing. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay, on the follow-up issue, sometimes it isn't possible to follow up. Because a person had a death in the family, they've got the wedding of their daughter coming up, they're going on a European vacation, something has had a life disruption for them. 
a new associate or inexperienced associate would just let the whole thing drop. But what I've learned through Eric and other people, Eric Warren and other people is ask them, I can see that you need to take time to grieve for your mother right now, or I can see that you need to take time to work on this wedding preparation. Would it be all right if I reached back out to you in three months? You don't ask them. They're, they're overwhelmed already. You give the parameter based upon their situation. And, and then that goes in my day planner, you know, with their name on that date. And then if I don't remember why their name is on that date in my Gmail contacts, it says start invitation process again with Jenny because her daughter was getting married. So the first thing I would say on the phone call is, hey, Jenny, is this a good time for you? How was the wedding? <laughs> right? Because we're building rapport. And oh, the wedding was great. Oh, I'm so happy to hear that. And the honeymoon was wonderful. And they've got their place now. And then we get back into Max, right? We don't just call and Max, 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 Max. No, we build relationships with people. Or I call I, and I say, you know, I know your mother was in the hospital with her cancer. How did she do? And then I might find out she passed away or I might find out that she's in remission or she's in treatment or whatever, you know, but relate to people where they're at. And if they aren't ready now, give a date in the future, offer it, not give it, but offer it. Would it be okay with you if I called back in four months or six months? One guy told me, if you're still involved in a year, call me back. So I did, you know, he made the determination. Because I was a cold call. I called him. It was a cold call. <laughs> Good for you. And okay. You, you prompted me to one more. If you're looking at your planner and a notification shows up with someone that you haven't spoken to to three or four months, do you, do you think about calling that person or is the decision already made and you don't have to think about calling that person? The decision's already made. I'm going to call them. And I probably wouldn't wait three or four months with nothing. I might send a text once a month, just, hey, I've been thinking about you. I hope the wedding preparations are going well. Not asking them to do anything or take action, just keeping the relationship alive. Or um, I hope your mom's doing better. Um, last time we talked, she was in the hospital and then lots of hearts, right? Just anything. I mean, People are people oriented and they, even introverts, you know, we all want to be loved on. We want to know that we matter. And if you don't show people that they matter, why would they ever join your team? Great insights. You know, I don't want people to think they matter so much to me that I'm going to do all of their work. And this is a, a problem sometimes, right? I have some new people that work full-time jobs and do their all their work on their phone. Well, to look at our virtual office really requires a PC or a Mac, you know, a computer. And so in the beginning, I will help them by changing their auto ship. But the last time I helped one of my team members change his auto ship, I said, look, you need to really find the time in your busy schedule. You know, he only works five days a week for us to do a virtual office tour. So you can find out how you can change your auto ship or you can get the customer service number because I, I didn't say this to him, but I'm not their secretary. I have a great quote about that. Love to hear it. And it's a parenting quote. It's about parenting your children, but it's the same scenario. If you do too much for them, eventually you will be unable to do anything with them. Yeah. So you gotta, yeah. gotta give them legs, gotta stand up, gotta walk out there and cut the wood. That's just all there is to it. 
Okay, my friend, I got to let you go. We're going to do more. You're very All right. good. Thanks, Mike. You're very good, Kathy. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. you. Bye-bye. You've been listening to another episode of uh, Max International Podcast. My name is Michael Clapier, and I thank again and again and again, always my good friend from Alaska, Fairbanks, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Kathy Taylor Yoko. Thank you. Be safe. What?